Welcome to Popcorn History with the Freeborn County Historical Museum Library and Village. I'm Stephanie Kibler, Executive Director at the museum, with Risha Lilienthal, Director coordinator of collections <laughs> and <a> exhibits <laughs> and Reggie Power operations manager at Power 96 oh, that's all I got that's all you got that's all I got hi it guys just, it it's, just, it's likely 2022 now yeah so, so. My, my title might be outdated at this point oh <laughs> gosh you keep using those words outdated no. final oh <sighs> the end Reggie's leaving us. We're yeah. feeling abandoned. This is the last one. <laughs> yeah. Uh, maybe. 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 We may have a... Day tuned. Right? Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was last week. Oh, sorry. Uh, because it's a new year... I decided to start with birthdays because it's the birth of the new year. That makes sense. Uh, and I'm going to kind of start with youngest kind of birthday stories in Freeburn County to oldest and then add in another wacky thing at the end. Ooh. Uh, so in a standard supplement, which was the Freeburn County standard, they had a supplement in 1896, which was Marvel Fuller's first birthday party. Hmm. And Albert Lee. And there's a picture, a photograph by J.A. Fuller, who was a very leading photographer in the area. We have a lot of old, late 1800s photographs from him. I think he donated when he closed his studio, did he Mm -hmm. not? I think donated quite a few to us. Yes, yep. Uh, But there's a whole bunch of children in this photograph, which is crazy to me that in 1896, when you had to have them be as still as possible to kind of capture it, you've got a pretty clear image here of, let me see, there's like 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16 children. Oh my goodness. From baby to maybe three or four years old. Oh. In here, and... And they're not blurry? They're, they're, I mean, it's like the late 1800s kind of blur, but sure. they, you they're can... They're not squirming around No, blurry. there's no, like, distorted faces. You can see them all except for shadows on some of them. Hmm. And just as I was looking at the bottom here, William Morin is in here. That name sounds familiar. We talk about him yeah. often. Yeah. Catherine Claiborne's first husband, was he Yeah, I'm, I'm wondering if it's their son, though, might be in here. Uh, but you guys can take a look at the these children in this photograph here. They're all in these kind of white gowns looking stuff. And yeah, they're That's all a in a group. a party for That's a one-year-old. For a one-year-old, yeah. Crazy. I thought that was neat. All these friends I'm not even aware of yet. Yeah. <laughs> oh, gosh, yeah. the names are great. Right? I love the name Marvel. Oh, and it's spelled weird, too. It's got a Y in there. It's spelled with a Y, not an E. That doesn't make it weird. <laughs> it's different. Different. It's di- oh, that's interesting, as a Minnesota way. <laughs> uh, and then in Glenville, there was a little Virginia Sawyer who was visiting her grandparents, and they gave her a birthday party January 25th, the occasion of her birthday, which that's what how it's written in the newspaper. It's like, they gave her a birthday party on this date for the occasion of her birthday. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and they also entertained with a dinner. 
And later on down that same, like, uh, article, it says the birthday club met at the home of Mrs. August Schutz last week one day to help her celebrate her birthday. She was presented with a beautiful bouquet of carnations by her daughter, and Mrs. Esther Gringo, and a clean, quick electric washer by her husband. Oh, She fancy. got an electric washer. Yeah. And then in London, a surprise party was tendered. Billy Navratil? Navratil? Sure. Okay. <laughs> On Sunday evening at the farm home one mile west of London, quite a number from there were present at a midnight supper. Among a midnight, a midnight supper? supper for his surprise party. So I don't know if that means that he was sleeping and they were like, hey, it's your birthday. Okay, because <laughs> how old? Uh, 44. Okay. Midnight. Yeah. Huh. Yes, because they had 44 candles for to identify his age. And they end that with a jolly good time is reported. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> jolly good. Jolly good. Yes. In 1880, there were two separate days apart here was these two little snippets of an article. It, oh, no. I'm sorry. It was like uh, that day and then a week later. But this first one was yesterday at Alderman Fenholt's 45th birthday. And the fireman's band woke him up at four o'clock in the morning mm. with a serenade. <laughs> what is up with these people? Four a.m., midnight. Although eighteen eighty sleep patterns were much different. Sure, because it got darker. Or it got when it, it got, got dark, dark, they would they go, would go to, to bed. That mm-hmm, makes sense. Mm-hmm. But then, like about a week later, they put the article out and said Alderman Fenholt celebrated his 46th birthday by entertainment on Wednesday evening last. The fireman's band was in attendance, a fine supper was provided, and speeches were made by several persons. Now, this was said to be in the same um, newspaper, but at different weeks. Hmm. But it says it's 45th and it's 46th. So maybe he celebrated the 45th before he turned 46 instead of when he turned 45. I I don't know. (laughs) I don't know. Maybe that explains the midnight thing. <laughs> oh, that could be. I don't know. That I don't know. Um, you don't know? I don't know. <laughs> you know? In 1934, birthday dances at 11 county halls happened here in Freeborn County. So Freeborn County, as it always does, is going over the top in the (laughs) campaign to raise an endowment fund for the Warm Springs Sanatorium, the project inaugurated by President Franklin D. Roosevelt. Hmm. Now, do you guys know what that is? The... The Warm Springs Sanatorium, or project. No. I had to look it up. So... Finish. I think I do. Okay. Because I might have to add to that. But Sure. Uh, so FDR had polio in 1921, and in 1926, he met with Alice Lou Plastridge, who was a physical therapist, and she was successfully treating him when he began visiting Warm Springs in Georgia. And uh, he then invested a significant amount of his personal money to purchase that property. And then a year later, started the Georgia Warm Springs Foundation. And Plastridge served as a supervisor. And in 1970, uh, in 1927, American Orthopedic, or, or, orthopedic, orthopedic, oh my gosh, 
Orthopedic Association recommended that Warm Springs be designated as a permanent hydrotherapeutic center. So it was, uh, he had a foundation to help fund that and help treating polio because it okay. helped him so much. And he visited every single year until the end of his life, except for 1942 was the only year he didn't. Probably in the middle of World War II and getting that like all getting figured that, out. Yeah. Um, see, now I thought there was, I thought there was more to that story because oh. did it go from treating polio to um to a psychiatric hospital oh i don't know possibly it could have for some reason i had that in my head and i can't uh that's where i thought you were gonna go oh maybe I because be it, wrong. they did say mm-hmm. sanatorium in the I, paper i thought I it know. went yeah um, but the movement has gained such impetus here that it stands at this writing. There will be 11 birthday dances in the county. The county committee, headed by Theodore Speltz and Otto Jacobson, announced that there will be dances at Alden, Emmons, Twin Lakes, Heartland, Geneva, London, and Myrtle. Huh. Isn't that great? And they all had like little dance halls. Yeah. Right. Halls. Right. And it said these dances are being arranged for by enthusiastic admirers of the president and expectations are that there will be a capacity crowd at all of the affairs. Capacity crowd. Yeah. Nice groups of people doing things, you know, together, putting on events. Yeah. In spaces. And that still happens. Yeah. Like where? I'm I, trying to I'm help gonna segue. Tell y'all, I'm telling y'all. I just get, kind of scolded her because she's not a great segwayer, and here she's like really working hard to segue into church basements. That is somewhere that you could do things you together. Can do things in church basements, and it kind of got me to thinking about you know we've got our meeting space, our, mm-hmm. our rental space at the um, museum, and we do work with several different community groups. So like. At one time, at one point in time, for instance, um, we have the Kiwanis that meet every yeah. Thursday, the Golden K Kiwanis group. They're fun. Um, and at one time, um, they maybe would have met in a church basement. Oh, really? Um, church basements used to hold, like, everything. So I, I just have, like, these little popcorn things cool. here going. Um, the Methodists gave their Sunday school children a picnic yesterday on account of threatening weather. It was held in the church basement. Huh. A picnic in the church basement. The ladies of the Emmy Church will serve a chicken pie supper at their church basement. Emmy Church? Is that for I, I, like Emmons? I, I don't know. M-E. It's M oh. period like E period. Methodist evangelical? I don't know. I don't know. It, for, that's from 1892. Freeburn oh. County Standard. I don't, I don't know. know. Um, the Women's Missionary and Aid Society will meet Wednesday afternoon in the church basement, <laughs> entertained by Mesdames F.W. Yost and A.C. Linderman. Hmm. In Clark's Grove, the children of the elementary department of the Danish Baptist Sunday School enjoyed the Christmas party given to them by their teacher in the church basement. <laughs> <laughs> Hayward, the Christmas tree in the church basement Wednesday afternoon was greatly enjoyed by all children. Aww. Now they don't put them in the church basements anymore. <gasps> they, they put do? them up in oh, I in in Ellendale they are all up in the sanctuary. Really? Mm-hmm. At my my father's church they have one in the basement and it's really cute. I had my nephew telling me colors off of it. Ah. It was really fun. In nineteen eighteen, 
in Hayward. Thorvaldson spoke in the church basement Monday <laughs> evening for the Dry Amendment. Oh, oh right. like prohibition? Yeah. Yeah, 1918, that checks out. <laughs> in 1919, the Young People's Society of the Trinity Lutheran Church will be entertained this evening at the Synod Church basement. Entertainment will be conducted by Ruth Nelson, Ragnild Hovland, Marie Tarvistad, and Ella Dahl. Those youths. Those youths. <laughs> <laughs> So, oh, here's one from Ellendale. I just even missed this one. There was a present last Sunday about 500 persons coming from both Steele and Freeborn counties to bid the Reverend Ingolstadt and wife goodbye. Aww. After the sermon and bountiful dinner was spread in the church basement mm-hmm. as everyone brought well-filled baskets and after the dinner crowd returned to the auditorium and listened to the band play some excellent music. And an hour later, the ladies of the church served ice cream and cake. Yum. Um, there's just, it just everything happened. It feels like in the church basement before there was a community building. Before there were, or if it rained, you were going to be in a park and it rained. Then you and took you had the a picnic, picnic. Mm-hmm. to the church basement. Um, and I and I know a lot of things still happen in church basements, but yeah. a lot of things now happen in other community spaces that sure. maybe would have been. And I think, like, we've got our Sons of Norway that meet with us. Yeah. We've got the Kiwanis. We've got the Memory Cafe that's happening. Mm-hmm. All of those things would have been written about probably as being in the church basement. Huh. Yeah. It just fascinated me. Um, and that's really all I have to say about church sure. basements. Well, I had but a... But I can say, you know what else happened in church basements? Oh, I bet I bet I do. Can I guess? Can I guess. Are, are they potlucks? They are. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> yep. And that's, that's your nice you segue. segue. <laughs> Uh, I have a column that was written in 2003 for the Albert Lee Tribune by a person that I know we at the museum have had a fun time with. It was Al Bat. Oh, I love Al Bat. Yeah. He wrote a column titled, Warm Foods and Warm Feelings Found at Soup and Pie Suppers. <laughs> so it starts out like this. You know, he's got he's got a sense of humor, guys. Yes, he Yeah, does. we know this. Uh, lime Green Leisure Suits. Earth Shoes. Eight track stereo stereo stereos, mood rings, and disco Barbies. Mm. These are things that have gone away. At least we hope they have gone away. <laughs> Thank goodness the foods served in our churches, church basements, uh, to people who liked these things did not go along with them. I think that I can safely say that no one has ever starved in a church basement. No church lady has ever told anyone. Take a cold tater and wait. (laughs) Potluck sublime. Even the funeral potatoes are wonderful. Scalloped potatoes and ham, amazing feasts with aromas almost as good as the tastes. Lime jello with shredded carrots and mayonnaise. Church cookbooks are offered for sale. These publications are a treasure trove of favorite recipes enjoyed by the denizens. Denizens of church basements and he said that his neighbor crandall says that even listening to one of the reverend never ends epic sermons at the church of the covered dish is a small price to pay for good food so you can suffer through a long sermon if you get the good food at the the end the good food at the end at those church potlucks and serving hot dishes yeah yeah probably that was last week's weeks i am having a hard time <laughs> saying vowels 
So, picking the right ones. <laughs> right? <laughs> Too many diphthongs. Uh, the word potluck appears in the 16th century English work of Thomas Nash and used to mean food provided for an unexpected or uninvited guest oh. or the luck of the pot. So the modern execution of a communal meal where guests bring their own food most likely originated in the 1930s during the Depression. Also kind of around the same time that, um, if you remember the last episode, we talked about hot dish and how that happened during the First World War and um, for, you know, more affordable meals and such as well. Uh, I didn't know what a potluck was pretty much until I was maybe eight or nine. In Indiana, we call them pitchins because hmm. everybody brings a dish and pitches in. Oh, yeah. It makes sense, but when you first hear it, it sounds weird. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but potlucks are also called a carry-in, dinner on the grounds, a covered dish supper, a Jacob's supper. A Jacob's supper. And that's a phrase used in Lancaster and Cumbria for each guest brings a plate of food to a party. And it might be a Methodist celebration term, although I don't really know the etymology of that. Hmm. Um, and Jacob's biblical activities hmm. in Genesis don't really make a suggestion of him being that kind of hospitable. Um, but there's also a faith supper, probably because it happened in church basements so much. It was also, hopefully, by faith, everybody gets enough food. Um, it's also called a fuddle. I couldn't figure out where that came from. A fuddle. A fuddle. Yeah. I'm kind of fuddled. Is- <laughs> <laughs> Potluck is a way better term. Yeah, I Probably do. It, it's, it's familiar. It's familiar for most people, and it also just kind of rolls off the tongue nicer, I think. I think it's got a good... Let's have a fuddle. <laughs> um, there's a, a riddle, too. What do you call a potluck in the U.K.? I don't even have a guess. Weird. (laughs) (laughs) Can't have any fun over there. (laughs) So, in the UK, if they do anything remotely close to a potluck, they call it an American supper. (laughs) Because it's a very American thing, apparently. Huh. Uh, I also have one last thing for that is in April 15th of 1891, there was a little article in the Freeborn County Standard that said, the latest thing is a potluck supper. (laughs) The ladies of the Floral Club will give a potluck supper in George Litchfield's store on Main Street next Tuesday evening. Only 25 cents for supper. Hmm. The ladies extend a cordial invitation to everybody to come. They will accommodate young men with their girls and husbands with their wives and young people and older ones who come alone. Everybody come. The proceeds are for a worthy object of purchasing new books for the library. Hmm. Remember the date. Remember the date. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know how to segue for you, you to this don't one. I don't know how to segue ever. <laughs> I think the first couple of episodes I was doing okay. So popcorning out of control. Popcorning is out, <laughs> out of control. <laughs> and and when you throw out potluck, I went to cemeteries and I went to cemeteries because You said it so quickly. 
people used to picnic at cemeteries. Oh. In the late 1800s and early 1900s, it was a thing. Mm-hmm. On a Sunday afternoon, you'd take the blanket, lay it out on the picnic table, and... Yeah. On the picnic table, on the cemetery oh grass. And I was just like, and yeah. Just have, <laughs> and, just, and just start snacking away and having your little picnic. And um, so I just instantly, that was to me, for some reason, a potluck stuck out as being held in the cemetery, which maybe that'd be fun if we had a hot dish potluck in a cemetery one day. That would be cool. It'd be good, like an echo history of kind the of past thing. Kind yeah, of. that could be a fun. I'm all over this hot dishing thing. Uh huh. Um, so I've got a couple little excerpts here that deal with cemeteries, and and then I've got one that actually is um, on the Veterans Memorial near Myrtle, which I believe was completed in 2013. Um, the public was, um, and this kind of ties the last episode in a little bit too, like you went back to Hot Dish. Yeah. I'm going to go back to the Brick Hall. Oh, sure. Um, the public was invited to the memorial dedication ceremony at the Glenville Emmons High School, or the and the Glenville Emmons High School band provided patriotic music. They had reps from the Anthony Wayne chapter of the National Society Daughters of the American Revolution and two World War II veterans that um, unveiled the stone engraved with veterans' names. And after the ceremony, all were invited to the Brick Hall for fellowship and a short history of Veterans Memorial given by Ernest Bench. And I thought that tied into our church basement because if it hadn't been for the Brick Hall, that probably would have been held in the church basement. (laughs) Yeah. Or on a blanket in the cemetery. Unless it rained, and then it would go back to the church basement. Then it would go back to the church basement. Um, And we do have some, we have some cemeteries in Freeborn County that actually have historical markers. Mm. So the Sumner Hildreth Cemetery, as a hack, it says this half acre of land was used as a cemetery 1864 to 1875. Heirs of Hollis and Ruth Hildreth, Thomas and Uni Rice owned the farm at that time. Some of the many buried here have been moved to Fairview Cemetery and other cemeteries. Hollis Hildreth is still buried here. Several small stones of others are remembered being here in the 1930s. In 1934, the road was built. Several graves were moved to the south side of the road. Later, the Hildreth stone was removed for its safekeeping, inadvertently used as a barn door stepping stone. Later rescued by the Freeborn County Historical Society, it's been returned to its original location. Hollis Hildreth was born on January 14, 1801, in New Hampshire. He married Ruth Spaulding on November 1, 1829, in Essex County, New York. In 1839, they moved to Branch County, Michigan, where in 1851, Ruth died. In 1852, Hollis moved to Jones County, Iowa, where he married Sarah, this is a name, von Voltenberg on 12th of July, 1857. In 1861, they moved to Sumner, where Hollis became the second postmaster. He died May 3rd, 1864. Children of Hollis and Ruth were Emily Sinke, Elmina, Listina Hawley, Orville, Gilpa, Harriet Bolson, Alvin, and Harley. Oh. 
What names? I know, right? Our, <laughs> our thanks for the cemetery restoration in 1991 goes to the Moscow Town Board, Freeborn County Historical Society, the Hildreth family, Dale and Stephanie Stark, present owners of the property, and Peter and Jean Legreed for their historical research. And then there's more on the other side, but... I only have one side of the marker. (laughs) I I don't know what's on the other side. I love it when we find things from the ghost towns. Well, right, and and where we played a role in in saving something. You read that and you're like, hey, that was us. Yes, we did that. I love that. And then the Mansfield Township Cemetery has a marker. In about 1856, a group of German immigrants settled in this area. A few of the nearby farms are the homes of descendants of those first settlers. There was no formal cemetery until 1877 when the German Cemetery Association formed. A loan of $100 from A. Maddock financed the project. The one acre was purchased from Frank Schneider. It was surveyed in February and divided into 48 lots. The first burial was of Louise Schmidt, who had been buried in 1862 on the family farm and was later moved here. These headstones stand in quiet memorial to the independent yet civic-minded people whose effort made rural life an American tradition. Hmm. uh, when I when I when I read those two markers, those those two um, historic markers, I thought that is the um, epitome of Freeborn County, right? Mm-hmm. Working together as a community, taking care of our neighbors yeah. and our family, and it just really sunk in and tied into everything we've talked about, from potlucks to church basements to <laughs> to um, birthdays. Birth it's that whole celebration <laughs> of life, and I yeah. think I think we epitomize that in, in Freeborn. So. Yeah. Everybody gets popcorn. There we go. (laughs) Popcorn for all.